There will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. We're coming for you, banks. Bitcoin is punk rock. Deal with it. You split, we bankrupt you. Do you use lightning wallets to pay for things or not? No. Bitcoin Cash would be seen as more of a threat to the United States hegemony than Bitcoin. Miles, tell me, what's your favorite kind of money? Um, Bitcoin Cash. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast following bitcoin cash on its rise to global reserve currency going to number one a few people seem confused about that this week on reddit but we'll talk about that later it's number one a bust for us uh this is episode number 38 collaborate to accumulate and the mega meme review featuring neandertal who is a or neandertal i don't know maybe you can update, uh, explain to me the the best pronunciation but it is sunday the 30th of January 2022. My guest is a BCH scene regular, a content creator in the BCH scene, and uh, actually the progenitor of this title, Collaborate to Accumulate, which I thought was an absolutely fantastic uh, BCH slogan. We will discuss uh, that in more practical terms as well on the show too. But welcome to the show, man. Uh, How are you doing? Thanks very much. Brilliant, mate. Really good. Great to be here and uh, looking forward to having a good uh, good chat of this beautiful day on a Sunday here in the UK, in Australia, in the US as well. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm in the UK too, mate. I'm in, uh, I'm in England, but. Are you joking? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. I have no I'm, idea. Yeah, yeah. I've been in the, been in the UK this whole, this whole time in London and now I'm in uh, Bournemouth on the South Coast. So getting some of that uh, fantastic British uh, weather in. <laughs> uh, lack, but i'm i'm glad to be here because uh the the lockdowns have fallen apart at the moment so that's great anyway uh just just give us a bit of background though i don't actually know how long have you been involved with cryptocurrency what was your uh you know story with that how, how did you get involved and, and how did you find your way onto bch yeah so n- not really that long probably a couple of years only a couple of years I've, I've been in business for for quite a few years um and specifically in hospitality so I, I was uh, running pubs, bars, restaurants. Um, so kind of, I got the the inside kind of knowledge of of how businesses work, how customers think, um, and and all of that sort of thing, really. So um, I then went on to mobile apps and created a, an app that was a, a ratings app for hospitality businesses. Uh, and then within the last couple of years, then I, I kind of moved into crypto a little bit. Then with the boom with a lot of other people, I just got caught up in the wave. Um, and, and, but my, my love has always been what makes, uh, businesses tick. What, why do customers do what they do and the science around that. So, uh, that, that's what led me really to, to BCH through, obviously through Bitcoin. Um, and then I realized that there was an alternative to Bitcoin that was, that was actually able to be used as money because I came in, realizing that i was playing a little bit with ethereum a little bit with bitcoin and just realizing that christ this is costing me an arm and a leg as a new user i don't see what the hype is and and because it's costing me too much money to use and then that's when i i led in then to to seeing bitcoin cash and and realized that there was at that time i didn't know that it was um kind of a fork of bitcoin 
and and so it's been a learning journey for me these last couple of years and and so i'm 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 all in now i'm i'm kind of a real lover of bitcoin cash that it can be a, a complete alternative to the the corrupt kind of the cash system that we've got at the moment it just replaces it and and that's that's the beauty of it and there's nothing else out there that, that does the same sort of thing so that's that's where i am at the moment and so i'm now kind of fully involved in trying to to further that cause and trying to find new innovative ways to to bring other people into it as well yeah so, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah that's 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 one of the most amazing things uh about bitcoin and i think there's going to be a lot of history written about it and also a lot of historical revisionism definitely because uh bitcoin was almost you know it's uh, in some ways kind of unbelievable that satoshi uh, published, you know, the white paper and wrote some of this early stuff in 2009, 2010, uh, and part of 2011 before kind of vanishing. But here we are, you know, 13 years since Satoshi published the white paper, and there's huge chunks of the planet that still haven't got it. There's huge chunks of the planet who know about cryptocurrency, even heavily involved in crypto, it still hasn't clicked to them, you know. And Satoshi <laughs> had it all laid out right from the right from the very start. So it just goes to show how long it takes to kind of filter out uh, to everybody. But I think as as the scene gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, Bitcoin Cash, it's just such a such an unstoppable dark horse, really, because like you're saying new people as new people come into the scene high fee chains or different stuff like nfts or whatever it's maybe you can get a bit involved in a bit excited about it but the the real paradigm shift is once you think wait a separate economy not some side casino but kind of the real deal and that's what yeah that's what we're trying to get everybody to um understand but you know all the initial momentum of that uh was just lost in the fork really and that's another thing that people are never going to understand like if if there had not been a fork bitcoin by now bitcoin would be taken over it would be massive uh but people who say oh yeah it's still big it is big but the unseen uh road that could have been taken if the community hadn't split you think all the money that went into ethereum all these other coins if all of that was in bitcoin and the network effect was compounding on itself there it would be titanic if that message hadn't been lost as like it could be a real alternative uh currency but anyway we're here so gotta just crack on with it uh and this time around do it better which i think we are so far because now there's now if you're in bitcoin cash there's no there's no excuse really um, back now i just, just yeah. want a, a quick point i wanted to make was with, yeah, again being a relatively new user uh is that what Bit, what what bitcoin failed to do was to to kind of to, to get the masses involved, which was getting the people involved who were at the grassroots level. So the people who who were really struggling with government tyranny and, and that sort of thing, that's what it failed to do. And that's that's what would have created the mass adoption that was necessary at the time. And because that didn't happen at the time, it left a, a gaping void for those people, for those people in developing countries, um, that maybe don't have other options. And, and so the issue with that then is, is that only a small minority at the kind of in, in developed countries really use Bitcoin, really play with it and have the, the economic background to be able to, to, to use it really. So, so it's only a minority at the moment that can actually use the top kind of your Bitcoins, your Ethereums and the top coins. So it's those lower grassroots levels that we need to be targeting really for the old Bitcoin, as it were. Jet, did you? Were you going to jump in there? 
No, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting point, right? Because one of the things that did happen, you know, very early, it did it was finding some of those fringe use cases, right? Obviously, famously, it was used on the Silk Road and a lot of like, you know, people who had troubles with the law with drugs and stuff like that. It was also very popular with like sex workers and stuff initially it was get, getting there but the thing is just three transactions per second only goes so far so even though the community did uh explode and sure there was a lot of people who were into it for ideology or or whatever um yeah you're you're right that the the fact that it just didn't scale meant that it couldn't really continue yeah expanding into all those areas where it's needed most and instead it's yeah kind of got diverted off into rich people gambling or people who already have a, a good quality of life and stuff. So that kind of revolutionary aspect to it uh, is lost. And you see that whenever you talk to somebody who says like, but why would I need Bitcoin? And it's kind of like, well, because you're not the initial market. Maybe you don't need it, but you will, you will once everybody else is using it, but we got to get it to those people first. And if you can't, you know, understand that process, then maybe you'll just have to wait to be involved. All right. We got to, we got to crack on. So yep. Sure podcast news we'll, we'll, we'll talk about all this uh in the show as well too so we've got the uh yeah i just wanted to point out the platform expansion so like i promised on the show last week i've been hard at work uh trying to expand things so the show is now on odyssey BitChute, rumble and gaze.cash we've got more than half the videos up there going to keep adding all of those i'm going to put you know all the links in the description and stuff and i'm going to release uh the show on those platforms a day or two earlier than youtube to encourage people to migrate onto these other channels because obviously i, I want to spread out my audience uh onto all of these uh different channels so that there's less chance that you know youtube just gets a bit salty about this podcast like it has about a thousand other things recently uh and we hit the hit the you know ban list um so yeah if you're if you're somebody who has not checked out any of these other alternatives Maybe give them a bit of a look. They are definitely, you know, relative to YouTube, it's a bit of a different vibe, right? They are a bit unrefined. There's a lot of kind of <laughs> weird content on there that you might not see on YouTube these days. But for especially for very young uh, listeners, like anybody who wasn't around in the early 2000s when YouTube was was kicking off, and it was like that, there was lots of weird stuff that you wouldn't see or just, you know, it wasn't as polished and... There was just lots of home creators with kind of fringe views and all kinds of stuff that was really interesting, um, you know, and it wasn't all like sort of pre-packaged and well-produced like it is now on YouTube. Yeah, maybe give those uh, give those sites a, a try. You can always go back to YouTube if you don't like it, but uh, you might you might stumble on something stumble on something interesting. All right, and then we got the price. So. The bear, I didn't update the slides. I said bear market meltdown continues, but really it's actually stabilized a bit this week. It's it's had a bit of a rally. It's kind of come back into it a little bit. Uh, Bitcoin Cash two hundred ninety seven dollars and forty cents. One BTC buys one hundred and twenty eight BCH, which I think is the lowest point we've had uh, on this show, which is kind of interesting. I think the previous low was about one hundred eighteen. Uh, to one, but I'm actually not worried about that because I think BCH's chances are looking better than ever uh, as we're going to see on this uh, very show. But uh, yeah, do you follow the price all that much or do you just kind of ignore it? How do you handle the volatility? You know, every guest on this show gives a bit of a take on on how they impact with that. And especially as you were saying, you started with the kind of 
being economically concerned about the fees and stuff. Yeah, how how do you deal with that? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't really look at the the, the price of, of BCH that much. Um, I just keep one little eye on it all the time. Um, but just because it's it's not of a it's not as much of a concern. I don't see it being massively volatile either. That that it's it's to a point of um, I don't know. It it just doesn't it doesn't concern me as much as as uh, use case really does. So um, no, it's not a big deal for me really. Not that that's bothered. Good. That's good, yeah. and that's the interesting thing about it. That's been a bit of a theme on some of the last. A few shows as well is the more you use it as a currency the less the volatility is a problem the volatility is a really big problem if you're expecting it to be an investment because if you do nothing else yeah 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 and if that and that's and i I recently i've been watching uh you can you can kind of see that uh this narrative divergence between the bch and the bdc side because if you look up any content about bdc any of their podcasts or anything it's like price talk for like two hours. It's like, it's a gone up. Has it gone down? Are the banks buying in? Uh, what are the hedge funds doing? What's our stock to flow model predicting how rich we're going to be next year? That's all they've got to talk about in large. Even it's like El Salvador is adopting. So that's pumping the price because they're buying. I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, I, I, obviously I put it first on the show every week. We talk about the price, but it's usually like two minutes or 30 seconds. And then it's, you know, on with the rest. So uh just kind of interesting to see it's a, to be like that's a cultural thing as well like again it's a western cultural thing of 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 making money from nothing so it's it's very much kind of we want the the, the least work you can do to make the most money and it's a very again it's like a, a very sloth thing isn't it? it's a greed it's all the the again the seven deadly sins greed sloth you just want to be lazy and make as i say passive income and which is okay it's nice but that's not how the real world works and the majority of the world is just about trading and i buy things from you you buy things from me so it's it's kind of they're almost two different worlds really yeah watching prices and then actually trading exactly and i think that's something that a lot of people undervalue as well in the difference with the bdc and the and the bch uh split is that fundamentally the technology was kind of the 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 trigger point or the flashpoint or the the kind of the casualty but the reality is people who think that the bitcoin bdc community could uh you know like they say well what if they just raise the block size what if they realize you guys were right there is firstly that's never going to happen for a number of reasons but secondly you can't undo years and years and years of of teaching people things of the mentality the vibe in that community what they're focused on you know spinning up grassroots adoption stuff it's hard work takes a lot a lot of time so even though they are a much bigger community by by total people at the moment even if there's just no way it would take them four or five years to catch up to where bch is just in terms of their narrative of how people are thinking it thinking through things and the priorities that they have and how many different you know assumptions they would need to abandon and rebuild from scratch and that's the ultimate decentralization is the thinking of people in your community is so 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 once it's going in one direction it's very very hard to change for better or for worse so uh, as time goes on and they get more and more involved in this you know financialized speculation mindset just the less and less competitive they are against the communities that are still focused on adoption like bch like dash like monero to some extent right so uh definitely definitely interesting and then we got the transactions so still being kind of uh for about forty five thousand 
transactions just kind of flat. It's been actually a little while since uh, BCH has been this uh, stable in the in the number of transactions. So it seems like in the bear market, everybody just, you know, the people who need to transact are transacting and nobody's really getting too uh, excited about sending it back and forth to exchanges or uh, there's been no major new app launches or anything. Kim.com kind of failed to deliver um, and all that. So yeah, that's that's kind of been, been pretty flat too. And with the activity on chain, though, this is the interesting part in comparison or in contrast to the other chain where it's just been flat, the BCH volume has dropped off. Uh, it's been for most of last year in the sort of three to five billion uh, per day range. And it has now dropped off to be in the kind of couple of hundred million. The interesting thing about this, though, is A, that it hasn't changed the number of uh, transactions really. So it has only been a small amount of very high volume track uh, transactions that have all disappeared. And the other thing is that this has actually happened a couple of times before, and it usually came back after a couple of uh, weeks. So it seems like there is some big player. I sort of speculate that it might be two exchanges that kind of settle up between themselves in BCH or something like that, uh, that seems like the actual you know, grassroots adoption of the scene is completely divorced from that. And that's maybe, you know, 200 million or 300 million a day of actual transacting. And then there's like three and a half billion, which kind of gets added on by just this one big player in 10 or 20 transactions of, you know, a couple million each, um, each day. And that seemingly without explanation uh, seems to just drop in and out uh at at different times so well you can you can actually see i don't know if you've know i don't know if you follow the is it the the bch whale account on on twitter yeah i do but follow it, yeah but i noticed the other day exactly that happening and and i actually questioned that i was thinking why is this happening it's it was i think it was around two to three million dollars almost i don't know it was just regularly just one after another one after another one after another and so like you say maybe that's what it is and but the thing is i yeah i you know i'm obsessively following bch all the time and stuff but there's no uh you would think that there would be some like explanation like bch scene is still small enough that it should be like oh it's this Mm. this company it's kraken or something like that i'm just surprised that some of the you know blockchain wizards out there haven't come up with look it's this guy yeah. <laughs> or you know but uh it, it's it seems quite unrelated to the price really and also quite unrelated to the number of transactions quite unrelated to the hype it just kind of comes and goes a little bit but i'll tell you what it'll be kicking off in bch the second this uh cent in bch number starts going up and it's not that as soon as it's not that and it's uh just people you know five dollars here five dollars there really starting to snowball on this graph uh kicking off that that's when i'll know we're we're definitely um winning and we're we're really starting to to crush it i think so you know uh we'll see hopefully hopefully that uh that builds up you know gradually then suddenly right so you got uh smart piece i don't know do you want to <laughs> jump in on that or i kind of cut you off there oh, me? Good. yeah Okay, yeah, sorry. yeah, no, no. So, so, sorry, yeah, no. The um, so smart BCH is another. Uh, I see it as something kind of different. I see it as the savings uh, accounts of of BCH really now is kind of the idea behind it is is that if you want to if you do want to speculate a little, then go ahead and and do it without paying exorbitant fees, and do it on smart BCH. 
and there's just so much going on at the moment. The the new the new uh, multi chain bridge on on Misswap is just amazing, just incredible. Um, and and so things that that it, I don't know, it it just feels that things that are happening on other chains and are having so many problems, Solana almost breaking down <laughs> completely. Um, it just aren't happening with 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 Bitcoin with Bitcoin Cash or with with Smart BCH. And so it, it just works. And I know that I know that's kind of what people keep saying. It just works. It's kind of a slogan there. It just works. So it's interesting that that the masses aren't cottoning onto this. I don't know if it's a blind loyalty to the other projects and it's just refusal to to give in. And we can't be beaten by this this little kind of this little side project. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But but it's uh, smart BCH is, is flying at the moment. All the yeah. NFTs that have come out and um, it, it's just, it's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. People can create their own, their own tokens um, and, and put them out there. It's brilliant. Yeah. I think that's sort of the one thing that has been kind of, yeah, missing a little bit is BCH scene is just, it's just always struggled from a kind of a marketing and an advertising kind of uh, point of view and just, yeah, attracting those new users and especially as, in the most recent surge that has become one of the highest priority things as to ranking up your coin is, is getting like that mass uh, awareness going. And it sort of makes sense, I think, because uh, on one hand, Bitcoin benefits basically from the default marketing of being, you know, the number one most recognizable brand and being the most discussed, that sort of network effect of um, marketing is going for Bitcoin. And then Ethereum somewhat benefits from it a little bit less, but they're a bit less known anyway. But now they're the, they're the second biggest, obviously. So they've also got a bit of that. And then all the other coins uh, tend to be actually quite a bit more centralized, right? There's some huge pools of money from some big investors who have, you know, put in 50 million and they've bought up all 70% of the supply or whatever. Uh, so once it pumps, you know, they throw a couple million into getting it hype. Then it kicks off a bit that, you know, refunds them a ton of money in their initial coin investments. And then they can also just fund some more marketing. But BCH has neither of those. In fact, it has like an anti-brand in the sense that you need to do extra explanation about it rather than just, oh, wow, it's, it's just Bitcoin or it's just this this coin. You need to explain, well, there was the history and this happened and that happened and that happened, which is good. I actually you know, like that effort to it because it means that the BCH community is very, very educated compared to, you know, if you had to do a crypto quiz on the history of crypto, like the BCH community would slaughter any other community in terms of their average uh, average score on that test. So that's good. You get very dedicated, uh, you know, uh, community. But on the other hand, it yeah, it does mean we need to work extra hard and we, we don't have that uh, centralized pool of VC money. Uh, so that's another area I think if the, as the price starts to turn around, as things get a bit uh, kicking off in, in BCH, it, it will be unstoppable once it truly gets rolling because this is a community operating on scraps. And once you just boost everybody's wealth, like the the way the Bitcoin BTC community are now, it's almost unbelievable. They've made so much money in their price appreciation and they're not, they're not <laughs> doing any better. They're, they're wasting the the golden you know goose that they they had, and I'm sure their money is slowly bleeding away as they all you know you don't see a lot of super thriving uh, businesses and stuff um, 
coming out of it in fact you know just the, the core devs are all sort of slowly bailing out and yeah this that and the other so yeah i did just want to highlight the smart bch development so tango swap recently released uh smart swap which aggregates uh all the dexes so you can make one trade from you know um mist to bch and it splits it across the exchanges so that it's more um you know so that your trade is more efficient and you get a, a better price uh misswap have come out with a multi-chain bridge that combines sideshift.ai which lets you uh swap chains for swap coins for other coins in the crypto system uh plus a this hop.cash which is one of the smart bch bridges so you can go from any well any of the other major coins bdc eth bsc avax doge xmr solana etc onto bch in and it's much more uh, fluid people don't need to learn all the details about getting on the you know, hop.cash and doing all those things. And the smart BCH bridge, the Shargate coming out in May, I saw there was some code uh, going into that. I didn't review it all in in great detail, but it's still being uh, churned out. And the point I really wanted to make as well about this was that even though it's a small-ish scene and we've got a small-ish amount of devs, they're targeting the right things because the misswap bridge is a classic, right? Where it's combining side shift plus hop.cash to make it a lot easier. And that's the way development works. You build one piece, then you build a second piece, then you build a third piece that links those two. And then you build a fourth piece that adds into that link. And then that's how the network effect kind of uh, builds. So all of this sort of dev infrastructure that is being made right now for smart BCH means if there is a huge surge of users, then, you know, it, it will be ready. It will be ready for them, right? You don't want to get a huge surge of users and then have them be expecting all these kind of tools and systems that that don't exist yet. Uh, but you're right. It, it does just work. There's been yeah, very few, if any, there was a couple of rug pulls at the start, but actually nothing major. And yeah, you're right. There hasn't been chain downtime. There hasn't been, oh, the devs just need to fix this. There hasn't been the fees skyrocketing out of control that nobody expected. It's do you been guys, unbelievably smooth, yeah. Do you guys know uh, like how the MIST token started? Because it used to be yeah. an SLP token. It was one of the first mineable SLP tokens. Um, I'm, I think... Because it was some type of like contract thing, you can still mine it. And then Kazumi, who's, who runs Mist Swap, has been around for years, uh, and they've got the Misty Lake portion of Mist Swap. Uh, and there, you can bridge over your mineable Mist SLP tokens for Smart BCH uh, Mist tokens. And then there, you can stake it and all that. So, I don't think I think it's a one way thing, though. I think they're slowly trying to, you know stop the slp yeah well i do know that mistwap is because when i first looked at it, i didn't know about any of this slp stuff but i did look at mistwap and i was like wow this is cool this is just built like it was seemingly like overnight it just was announced here's mistwap and i was like, wow this is awesome and then i uh, looked into it a bit more and it's forked from sushi swap uh so it, it was essentially initially like they just made a clone of this project that has been super successful on Ethereum called Sushi Swap. And they just cloned it, changed the name basically to Misswap, changed the icons, changed it to connect to the Smart BCH network. You know, so there was a little bit of work there, but essentially uh, the initial work, you know, is 95% done. And then, and you can even see the websites look the same. If you look up Sushi Swap and Misswap, you'll see the coloring's a bit different, but uh, it's basically the same site. 
uh and then and that really just i mean i already knew in theory okay we can just port across a lot of this stuff from ethereum but when you see the huge opportunity for anybody who's a little bit of a dev i should honestly do more of this myself just look into what are those projects on ethereum just fork the code and just update it to connect to smart bch and change the logo and name and bam you'll be kicking off if it's a proven product that people already want uh, and use so i think that's also contributing to the scene yeah growing as fast as it has really so what's like coming from a non-technical person such as myself what's the like what's stopping that from ha- what's stopping the adoption happening if developers do that if developers clone a lot of the current apps and things over on ethereum bring them to bch it's cheaper it's faster it's more efficient because in the business world and in the free market the, the most efficient product wins so, so what is the stopping that happening currently in the crypto sphere that will stop would stop people adopting BCH? Is it just brand and, and brand loyalty, or what do you think? I th- well, I think that's part of it. I would say there's two other yeah little fly in the ointments that we've got at the moment. One is the decentralized bridge. Uh, I think that's a big you know problem. Is at the moment you're sort of the whole thing is kind of resting on the precipice with Coinflex holding the keys to the kingdom, yeah. right? So that's why a lot of people, and we'll see whether you know it could be that this decentralized bridge comes out in May and like the day after, like locked BCH just freaking skyrockets, right? That might be one scenario, or it might be more of a thing like it happens, it's a big nothing, nobody really cares, but then over the next six to nine months people slowly get a bit more comfortable with it and the and the money comes in. So we're sort of waiting to see uh, on that front, but I can see that being one uh, <clears throat> problem. The second, well, the second, there's probably a third problem as well. The second problem is the, um, the, the bridges, but not between BCH and smart BCH, but between BCH and like Ethereum. So obviously that's one thing that has come out this week, uh, which helps in that, in that respect, but there needs to be quite a bit more of that. And that's related to the third point, which is liquidity. So obviously as with anything with money, there's network effects and all the money is on Ethereum. So even if fees are a lot cheaper and whatever on Avalanche or on Solana or on Cardano, I don't think Cardano even really has a functioning ecosystem to be honest, but on any of those other chains, even if their fees are, you know, five cents as compared to $50, they're still struggling to attract uh, that kind of investment. So it's really about getting the, yeah, getting the initial kickstart going. So I don't know when we're specifically going to see that in, in BCH. It's a combination of all those problems, but I think they all are being attacked. Like the branding uh, is slowly getting better on the communities forming itself uh, with better educational resources and stuff like that. The Shargate bridge is coming out in May. The decentralized, the bridges for the other coins are starting to appear and there's a lot of devs copying in, in projects. So I think, yeah, we're going to need a, a nexus point of all those things to kind of be ticked before we start seeing some real hype probably. Sure. Okay, so next up, we have St. Kitts and Nevis, El Salvador 2.0, question mark, but really more like exclamation mark. Uh, In the last week, uh, Mark Falzon has been doing a fantastic uh, job of um, documenting what what is happening there. So 
He's got this tweet here that I've got crypto adoption is happening on St. Kitts and Nevis where over 100 plus merchants have begun to accept Bitcoin cash without a forced mandate like with Bitcoin in El Salvador. Very critical. During the crypto crash, no less, wild to see and document what a difference free choice makes. So I looked it up. So St. Kitts and Nevis has a population of about 54,000 people, which is 0.00068% of the world population. It's the 211th uh, country by world population out of 235. Uh, Mark Felson has, yeah, he's been doing a killer job. So anybody uh, that is interested, look up his Twitter and uh, there's just tons of stuff on on there. And because of a combination of factors, uh, obviously it's a small community. They're generally a bit more chill and relaxed. There's not as much, you know, big government involvement uh, and so on. It's a Caribbean island. So yeah, I guess everybody's a bit more, kind of laid back and just willing to go with the flow yeah i'll try out this bitcoin cash stuff and obviously also roger veer lives there and i guess a few other uh, bch people probably you know there's probably a bit of a local community happening and so that's provided a bit of a seed and just recently it's it's just kicked off uh i'm not exactly sure what has been the flashpoint recently but i sort of take it to mean uh just that it's been one year this story that i've been telling that the e-cash fork uh, happened in November of 2020. And we've now had all of 2021 where the community has just been left to settle. There's been a lot of focus on smart BCH, but all that uh, lack of disruption and stuff means that people in the community can start thinking about making forward progress instead of uh, battling internally. And that sort of thing is now starting to come to fruition. And this is one example of it. Uh, so yeah, I think when you see these videos, it's just crazy. It literally looks like you can just walk down the street and every single shop will accept Bitcoin Cash. Uh, and there's a mix of the uh, tourists or sort of, you know, people coming in to try Bitcoin Cash like uh, Mark. But there's also just um, the locals. And that makes sense, right? Because the that's the point of a network effect is if everywhere on the street accepts it, if you go in and you buy a sandwich at one merchant, they don't really have the question of like, yeah, but what do I do with this Bitcoin cash now? I've got Because they know the next shop over also accepts it. So then they can go there and buy their lunch with it. And then, and now you've got an actual real economy going. And with 50,000 people, the critical mass needed to hit a, wait, this is all just, just kicking off. It's, it's far, far uh, smaller, particularly if those signs are everywhere. Those Bitcoin cash uh, stickers seems like they're, pretty much on every corner you know sometimes you can watch a marketing video and get the sense of like oh okay you took you you put in three shots and they were the three places on the whole island that accepted it like wow good job but uh from what i can tell this is it's actually like yeah more than hundreds of merchants right all all accepting it so uh yeah shout out to mark Felzon for doing all that uh, quality documenting uh and he's also running a flip starter too so i'll put the link in the description people can uh, check that out if they want to support uh, another year of that. But yeah, get in here on this uh, topic. Have you been watching these videos? You've been impressed. Yeah, by it or? I think he's. I think he's a great videographer, Mark. He's, he, I really, really like his videos. He's like a, a proper classic YouTuber with all of his B-roll and he's kind of making the action scenes and he's doing. He's doing great job documenting what they're doing down there. And I think what it's shown is that local adoption in in, in creating small pockets of of local economies is is actually going to be moving forward one of the major ways to to grow the mass adoption across the world i mean if you can get your small local area 
all accepting Bitcoin cash, then and everybody, as you say, when you receive money, then you say, well, where can I spend it? Well, I can go and buy my cigarettes, my bread, my milk, whatever I need to buy. And everybody knows that they can spend it. But then what happens is, is if you then travel to another part of the world, so if you're in a Bitcoin Cash City in Australia, and then you move, you go across to St. Kitts, and now you can also use it here. And so, and they'll also take your Bitcoin Cash. And then you move down to Venezuela, and then you, you've realized that you're in Caracas, and you can... And that's how it's going to begin to, when you have all of these pockets spring up, that's how the mass adoption is going to happen when people realize that they can use it anywhere. But it's going to start with those local economies, I think. That's yeah. going to be the key. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. It's because it's a huge, it's a huge win, even though it doesn't, it seems like mm, maybe it's not such a big deal. It is actually quite a big win. If, yeah, you can just land, you get off the planet and you don't have that annoying step that anybody's ever been traveling knows where it's like, oh God, I got to go stop and exchange my money or I have to, but when you're planning in the lead up to your trip, okay, I need to convert a couple hundred dollars ahead of time or, you know, whatever, you know, I mean, it's not a, it's not a critical pain point. Most people, especially at the moment are not traveling most of the time. So it's not uh, a super big deal, but I agree that if it gets a, a bit of a reputation going that like, this idea of it being a world currency that you could just go anywhere and you could spend it with everyone as yeah, more and more of those hotspots start, people will naturally, I think first they will end up in one of those places and see, wait a second, this is, this is crazy. I can imagine somebody going to St. Kitts just on a holiday who had no idea about any of this flying in landing and just suddenly being like, Oh, this this shop accepts uh, Bitcoin. Like that's that green sticker, okay, kind of so. And then at the third place, and by the third day, they're sort of thinking, "Wait a second, What's you know, the on? guy, the guy in front of me in the line, he paid with Bitcoin Cash, and then I saw somebody else paying here, and like, yeah, it is absolutely everywhere. You know, it's on billboards, and like all these uh, things are, are kind of happening. So I feel like, yeah, it will be. Maybe it'll start getting media coverage at a certain point, like look there's because there has been those stories there was loads of those stories about el salvador right el salvador adopting bitcoin and people was kind of trying to force it like oh you can pay with <laughs> with bitcoin but i saw a shout out to another content creator the nudge he's been in el salvador and he had a twitter post where he was talking about yeah you can spend bitcoin but it's kind of it's kind of difficult. You kind of got to force it a bit. Some places are not willing to really accept it in practice, even if in theory they should. And the lightning payments sometimes don't work and they have their own weird apps and with the Chivo wallet and Bitcoin beach. And it's like, well, the Bitcoin.com wallet, it just works. Anybody can use it and find out in five seconds that it it's great, you know? So yeah, I think, uh, I think that that's really, yeah, it's absolutely incredible to see. And if we can start some more of those, uh, little local local pockets yeah the the more the better uh, really I guess, I guess also the marketing budget's going to be more localized as well so if we take it that that maybe Roger Roger Veers um, if he's doing a lot of marketing out there himself and putting money into that it's going to cost him less money to do that and to start locally in St Kitts and the same with anybody else who's doing the same thing with stickers with billboards with everything else in their local area it's going to it spreads out the cost of that marketing rather than saying, right, we're going to do a global marketing that maybe isn't going to hit uh, directly to, to what we want to hit. And, and so it, again, it's a more efficient way of marketing, I think. Um, but I don't, I, th I think the distinction between St. Kitts and El Salvador couldn't be more 
stark. It's cryptocurrency is it was was created for the separation of of money and state, and and now in El Salvador you have state dictating using the the cryptocurrency. So it kind of doesn't it doesn't fly with me really that, that the state is telling that you you have to use this cryptocurrency. So um, I do think that El Salvador is suffering from. Um, an imposition from from the global elites. I, I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a petri dish. People are doing science experiments over there and seeing how much the local population will take with the central banking uh, digital currencies on the horizon. They want to see what Elvis, El Salvador will do. What will the, the local population do before they try and implement theirs in other parts of the world? So um, it's a bit of a it's, for me. It's a bit of a worry what's what's happening in El Salvador. Um, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see how that develops. But the organic nature of what's happening in St. Kitts is, gives us a lot of hope for for what we can do without without having to ask for permission from from the gods above, as it were. Yeah, it's a it's a clash for the uh, the ages. Really, the whole the whole story of cryptocurrency history. Uh, the way I always think about it is, yeah, BTC uh, is top down and BCH is, is bottom up. Right. So it's, it's, it literally is the 1% yeah. versus the 99%. Uh, and we're going to run it live and, and see who, who comes out, uh, on top, you know? So yeah, that, 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 that's it. It's personified or not really personified, but it's embodied in this, uh, difference between El Salvador with an authoritarian regime, putting in mandates and things and developing their own closed ecosystem apps, which you can't use from outside and stuff like that uh, versus the, the opposite. And I think that lower, yeah, I mean, just that lower friction of just doing it the permissionless way that cryptocurrency was designed has meant that even with a fraction of the resources and attention, it seems like it's going gangbusters in St. Kitts, whereas there's just been a litany of uh, problems and, you know disasters and probably more on the horizon uh from el salvador really so i guess we'll we'll keep an eye on that as it kind of uh plays out but it's it's so amazing to see and yeah maybe even we'll edit into the vod one of these uh videos so that people can see but just it's amazing when you just see 20 30 clips just one after another of somebody just buying something with bch all all uh in the in the same spot it's it's kind of crazy all right, so that's a bit of uh, collaborate to accumulate going on there, and then we've also got your new project that you're launching called the Crypto Directory, which is in this exact spirit of uh, collaborate to accumulate, and the idea of everybody just increasing their prosperity by trading directly with other people uh, for Bitcoin Cash or other cryptocurrencies. So, give me the breakdown of what what is this project? How do you come to the idea? And I guess, is it live yet? I don't know. <laughs> Fill me in. No, not quite yet. This is an exclusive for, for the Bitcoin Cash podcast. So, uh, Oh, man. There you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be live probably in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, so, so the idea, I mean, I, I, was, I was thinking, okay, so great. So I'm all in on, on Bitcoin Cash. I want to spend, spend wherever I can spend. I want to know what restaurants, what uh, products I can go and buy locally or online. Or So where can I do that? Um, so I thought, there needs to be uh, almost a marketplace, uh, a directory where you can go and you can search by location, you can search by category and as, as, di- as any directory works. Um, and I just think it, it, it's, it's very helpful. So for example, if you're, if you're looking at traveling to the Caribbean, 
And so you hear about, okay, so I've got some Bitcoin cash. I've just heard about St. Kitts. I'm going to also check out the other islands before I book my holiday. Where's accepting more? And you, and you can go and have a look at these businesses. So the businesses have their, their photos there. They have uh, some information about what they do. And, and so I just think that it was something that was needed in the crypto world to, to, to find what you're looking for. It's okay having your, your crypto and, and holding on to it and just not really having anything to do with it. So I wanted to bring something that was going to allow people to research and, and, and do it again, do it without, um, without interference from, from the government and, and everything else. So that was the premise behind it. And then I started to, to think to myself, okay, so we've got Bitcoin Cash I'll create a directory just for Bitcoin Cash. Um, but but the, the, the issue is, is do we want to create an echo chamber where it's only Bitcoin Cash and only people who are interested in Bitcoin Cash can find out where to spend Bitcoin Cash? Well, not really, because what we want is we want people from other corners of the cryptosphere to come in and, and say, okay, so I can look for the things that I have. But then also on the side of this, this little discovery, they start to see Bitcoin Cash they start to experience it. They start to see that there's a lot of adoption in, in this area or in that area. So they might be more inclined to have a little play with it and kind of see what they can do. So I'm going to have a lot of features on there also that are going to be focused on kind of trying to hijack people subliminally about Bitcoin Cash. I mean, the, the, as you can see from the screenshot, the, 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 uh, the color scheme is very much uh, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, a bit of agorism in there as well. So blacks and greys and that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, it's just to say kind of we're not a lot of the other coins, in my opinion, block out all the other projects and say, uh, kind of put their fence around themselves and say, this is our project. We're not interested in any, anybody else. But I, I think that there needs to be more of, well, no, come in, take a look. Kind of nobody's nobody's forcing you. Come in, take a look, take a look at, at Bitcoin Cash, see what it's doing. Have a look at the blog. So I'm going to have kind of guest bloggers as well, uh, posting about mainly about Bitcoin Cash, some about agorism, and and then kind of introduce people that way. And and so the the hope is is that people will come in, maybe find a couple of merchants that use something else, maybe accept Bitcoin or Doge or whatever else, and then realize that when they try and spend it, that they're getting screwed and and having to spend exorbitant fees and and everything else. And then maybe they'll give Bitcoin Cash a try and realize that it's the real deal. Um, but it's just about facilitating the same way, technically having, uh, multi-chain bridges and things like that. You need to be bridging all the different users as well. The the non-technical people who just want to use their cryptocurrency. Um, so that's the, the premise behind it really, um, bringing a free market directory and people can buy, sell. Um, so you'll be able to put your businesses up there. That was another, another kind of part of, of my thinking was that I'd seen a lot of people online on Twitter saying that they're selling t-shirts or they're selling this or they're selling that, or they have a, a coffee shop. I think Mark Falzone is going to open a new coffee shop. So if you've got all of these people who, who want to, to have be accepting Bitcoin cash, then, then let's give them a place to, to advertise it and to showcase what, what they're doing really. Um, Cause I know that we, there's, there's map.bitcoin.com. Um, but that's kind of, it's almost like a yellow page is kind of, it, it's very, it just gives you a link to the website and, um, and a few details. But this is going to be more of a social media experience. Uh, let people really get in, involved and really get contacting each other and, and seeing what everybody's doing.
Yeah, that was what I was going to ask about because uh, that is obviously the sort of uh, existing, you know, solution in this space is that uh, Bitcoin.com map. And the sort of upside of it is that it's kind of integrated into their wallet. So on one hand, it does kind of tie things together like that too. But on the other hand, I also don't think it, it you know, it isn't knocking it out of the park, basically. I mean, I don't want to knock uh, their product. And, you know, they've done a better map than I've done, right? So I'm not going to say I could necessarily do it better. But, you know, I think the, the room is there because people often have frustrations about it because the listings, I think, not only are they fairly minimal to begin with, but they're also not frequently not updated. So if somebody might update, oh, I'm going to be using Bitcoin Cash or somebody who is not the actual business owner themselves uh, creates a listing because they've convinced the owner to accept Bitcoin Cash. Then they move away and then that person stops accepting it or they forget about it or whatever. And then somebody else comes on and gets real hype. Oh, I'm going to go here and spend Bitcoin Cash. And then they show up and they discover, oh, wait, it's the business is shut down or relocated or whatever, you know, and, and things are out of date. And then that's where the kind of the frustration and the pain point comes in for the user, even after you've been bought into this quite complicated uh, idea, right? So what's your game plan for avoiding that? Um, you, you mean businesses that, that come and go, you mean? Well, yeah, just keeping all the listings up to date because I assume you're not going to be managing every single one. You're going to try and encourage the businesses yes. themselves to take responsibility for this is my listing, here's all my details. I'm you know, keeping up to date with these are the cryptos I accept, like here's how you contact me, et cetera. Like, you're not going to be able to manage thousands of these uh, postings yourself, right? No, that's right. So, um, so yeah, so the, the, um, the business owner can claim the, the business listing um, and, and add their own business listings, uh, and then normal users can can update also the the cryptocurrencies that uh, are accepted in that business. So if a business then turns around and and doesn't, they go in and say, right, I want to use my my Bitcoin Cash, and they say, oh no, sorry, we don't use it. Then they can actually they can go on then and they can kind of update, and then that that will come through, and then it'll I'll either accept it or or not or or check it out myself if I need to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a user experience that, so that we can keep on top of, like, as you say, the, the, the current, uh, standing of each business really. Um, so it is going to be a community, um, involvement as well, uh, with that. Um, also as far as onboarding, especially in countries, the uh, developing countries, the idea will be to, to offer commissions as well to onboard, um, new businesses. So it's, we need to continue giving incentives, making sure that people, um, uh, uh, have a reason to go and push onboarding people. So, and then I guess with that, uh, businesses won't take it up because there will be a fee eventually. Once it's launched, it'll all be free, and then it's it's free. It's a lifetime listing, and then the business is, is listed for lifetime. Um, but there will be a fee after a few months. It, it'll only be a nominal fee, very very low. Um, but then people will get commission for onboarding people through their kind of affiliate links and things like that. So. Um, the idea at the start is just to get as many businesses on there as possible, accurate businesses and, um, and see where we go from there, really. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. And I definitely think uh, Jeff's going to come in here in a sec. But before, firstly, I'm going to just suggest, yeah, maybe what you should uh, do as well, because just like everything else, the hardest part is going to be starting because of the network effect, right? So I think one thing that you could do is definitely get in touch with A, some of the people in St. Kitts and Nevis, some of the people in the uh, Townsville in Australia 
and some of the people in Venezuela that you're kind yeah. of talking about or in Colombia uh, who are already doing it, if they would like this kind of uh, service and they already know, oh, we've already got 20 merchants or, or whatever, and then they put that on the site and then it yeah starts to build traction uh, that way. So yeah, Jet, were you going to jump in there? Yeah, so <clears throat> I do 100% agree that the maps.bitcoin.com really struggles with keeping up to date. I think that's the biggest issue that it has. I did notice, I think this was a recent update, they do have a search section now, uh, and they do have, you uh, You can search for BTC, BCH, or Ethereum, and then they also have categories. So shopping, bar, souvenirs, restaurants, liquor, groceries at farmer's markets. Uh, so it, I'm super kind of pumped to see like this idea isn't just i'd like to see more of this because the directories i think really just need some modernization but the second thing i didn't even notice this uh i went to the saint saint kitts here and they have roughly 110 very visible businesses uh and for a, a country smaller than the city as population goes smaller than my current city like that's awesome i I'm going to take a little visit, I think. <laughs> well, back into meat space this year, mate. Yeah. That was the uh, resolution, right? And uh, yeah, awesome. e- exactly. It's going to... Well, I think apparently now, I think it might even be more than like 150 or 200. They've been... I don't even know how many businesses there are in St. Kitts, but well, yeah, like, nearly like, all of them. <laughs> just keeping in line with the everything needs to be up to date. Like maybe this hasn't been up, updated in two weeks, right? So... Um, and it was also kind of a pain to find in the wallet. So, uh, I don't know. I think if you get like the user experience down, like this can easily like skyrocket past the others. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think it's needed. Yeah. I I think it's, it's needed at the moment for just for people to, to, to discover, to go and explore and discover what is out there. Um, and I just think that, that kind of let the, Merchants are going to decide what what they're going to accept, which cryptocurrencies they're going to accept. But as in any competition or any market, the best one will win out eventually. Uh, you can't win in a market by blocking all the other all the other projects out and um, kind of not allowing them to to choose what they want to do. So um, yeah, so I, it's it's about letting people decide what they want to do, but then re- recognizing what B, BCH can can do for them really. Yeah, I, I do. I I love this. I think, yeah, it's definitely the, as well, I also like, you know, it's kind of picking the hard road, but the, the focus on the physical element to it. And I think that's something as well that BCH uh, has historically, you know, kind of battled the way at, uh, not, I'm not going to say in vain, but, you know, it's, it's part of the reason it struggled is because it's a small community and it's also a small community that, that takes the hard road wherever possible, right? Like it's willing to put in the extra work to get it done properly. If that means every single person has to be educated, here's the history of what went on and da, 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 da. That's worth it. That's the way we're going to do it. Or if we're going to onboard merchants one at a time in meat space, rather than trying to do some big online promotion that could just go out to a million people. Well, that's the way we're going to do it because uh, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, online stuff has reach and everything, but I do feel that's a huge differentiator for BCH and in the next couple of years is real stuff connects with people. I just personally think that 
myself, right? Like everybody knows there's a lot of garbage online. But if you talk to people at real meetups or you see a physical merchant, you see somebody pay with cryptocurrency in front of you at the shop, that's going to make an impact. That's going to be something that somebody's going to be thinking about, you know, for the rest of the day or like, wow, cryptocurrency is really happening uh, versus you can see the a thousandth online Twitter post that NFTs are the biggest thing in the world, but you can just kind of ignore it, right? It's not, it's not getting in your field of vision when you're in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of that metaverse stuff is still kind of, kind of similar, I think. So I really like if you can get it right, for sure, this could have a huge impact uh, with, with people's face to face. And that's also where BCH uh, does, does tend to thrive because it does take more explanation, but face to face, people are more willing to listen. And then the ease of use also really shines through because people understand the concept of trading when it's you there and they hand you the thing and you send them some BCH that's it, they got it versus like some other, oh, this is this online casino that you can speculate about, like trying to explain that to somebody in person. They're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's um, seeing the videos uh, that Mark, again, that Mark's and over in St. Kitts have just been brilliant. Just sit, just people say, is that it? Is that is that all there is to it? Yep, that's it. You've got the money, that's it. Like, yeah. that's the amazing thing. And I think that's why it's exploding in St. Kitts with so many merchants now, because I guess there's like a critical mass when so many so many businesses are offering to accept Bitcoin cash. Then the ones who aren't say, "Well, I'm missing out on something now." So then that's yeah. when when it kind of snowballs then, and and that's what we want to get to as, in as many places as possible, obviously. Exactly, and that's yeah. There's a great uh, moment in one of his uh, videos where he goes, he goes, pays into BCH with all this, but then he walks outside and he says, "Does anybody take BCH for taxis?" <laughs> and there's these three or four guys sitting around who are taxi drivers, like they often have in these. Uh, sort of situations and there's one guy's like it's me and he says instantly like i'm going with you and the other two guys are just sitting there like ah like if you're those other two guys bam you just saw it you just lost a customer right there because it wasn't you and when that guy you know that guy is just gonna he's he's probably not gonna be the only one accepting bitcoin cash the second time someone comes up to walk all three of them are gonna say yeah it's me i accept bitcoin cash you know that's it uh so yeah it's it's beautiful to see right Okay, so moving on then, uh, we've got meme of the week number one. So usually on every week on the show, we have meme of the week, but I thought, you know what, let's mix it up a bit. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, stuff going on this week uh, and some that sort of relate into, they're not even all technically memes, but it sort of relates into different themes of what's kind of going on in the world and in the scene at the moment. So I thought, you know what, let's just, let's just uh, work through a few of these uh, different ones and, and see kind of what we can glean from them. So it's a bit of a hybrid of like uh, funny memes slash uh, serious discussion points. So the first one comes from you. Nobody knows on Reddit. Uh, he's got troll army has been assigned a new phrase to spread around now more projecty than ever. And it's these two quotes that somebody was posting on Reddit. JCT196 says, give it up. BCH is a dead project. And Sobuti also says, why BCH is crap, a dead project going nowhere. And this is specific to the Reddit uh, slash r slash BDC, but it's also kind of touches on what we were talking about before, that the branding of BCH not only is more complicated than any other coin, because so much of it is wrapped up in the history and the white paper and what happened with the fork and all that but on the other hand bch also just clearly quite obviously has like paid bots and shills and stuff that go around and spread 
disinformation about it and it's a known thing in the community and this is the latest uh version of it this phrase apparently dead project uh has has been assigned to be the talking uh point and i can't remember what there there's but there's been waves of this it's a different phrase or a different slogan or whatever every single time but if you've been following the scene as long as me you've seen this happen over and over and over again and this kind of uh there's both censorship of people getting banned and stuff from our Bitcoin from talking about BDC. And then there's the opposite, which is the uncensored stuff is also added a lot of uh, noise uh, to kind of muddy up the, the signal. But it is kind of funny because again, that's where real uh, adoption just trumps any of this uh, bullshit because anybody in St. Kitts is not going to be caring about somebody on a forum saying it's a dead project man just give it up like it's it's not gonna happen right you can't uh, for me you can't tell people you don't tell people when they've lost so it's you can't tell people that they've lost a war you can't you can't they have to kind of hold their hands up and say okay it's over kind of thing as soon as you start saying that somebody's a loser or somebody's then then that's cope that's you kind of, that, as you said, that's projection. It's, it's you kind of panicking yourself and, and trying to point out other people's failings. It just doesn't, it doesn't wash. And, and I, think, I think BCH is a much more, it's a m- more mature community. So the people involved in it see these comments and it, it, it kind of, they can see what it is. They, they see it for what it is. Um, so yeah, it's exactly. a good, for me, it's a good sign. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This fact that this is coming up now, it's it's whenever the community starts getting momentum, that's when the yeah. knob gets cranked up on the on the trolling. And it's a classic trying to tell you know, you're right, you know. If you're trying to tell somebody you you must believe that you lost, like and uh, the whole the whole yeah, the whole war really of uh BC versus BCH or it's a dead project, like it's just ludicrous. Like if you you can't tell somebody that the project is dead. If they're loving it, they're loving it. They're not going to care what you think. They have to decide for themselves that it's dead. And if it was dead, you wouldn't be here to tell them it was so shit. It'd be like one of the other 20,000 <laughs> coins where nobody is on their forum at all because it is dead, you know? Yeah. So it's just... Uh, it's a it's a parallel, isn't it, with, um, you know, this thing, that, I don't know if you saw that uh, Justin Trudeau said about this big, this yeah, massive... Yeah, the fringe convoy. minority. Yeah. yeah, the fringe. It's exactly the same. It's No, it's a fringe minority. And you're like, Dude, I can see it with my own eyes. You do realize that, right? <laughs> until until they rock yeah. up, you know. They were a fringe minority <laughs> until he needed to go into hiding because That's there right. were security yeah. concerns about how they was going to get wrecked with so many you know. people just swamping all over him. Yeah. Just real yeah. quick, too. He had a COVID exposure, so he should be self-isolating instead of fucking leaving wherever the hell he is, security concern or not. Anyway, I like the Coward 19 meme that's come out from it. Yeah. Coward 19, I hadn't heard that one. But yeah, that's a, that's a classic. Running for cover, just getting... And there was even, uh, I saw, like, there's a clip from The Simpsons in 1999 of Homer Simpson being like, oh, we've got a trucker convoy and we're coming for the politicians. And the politicians were like, shit, and bailing out of the window, you know? And it's just uh, art, you know, art predicting reality yet again, right? So yeah, that was the sort of first one is was sort of, there's a, there's kind of a little bit of a theme uh, to some of this, uh, some of these uh, memes. So that's the first one is about uh, censorship or disinformation being uh, slandered onto BCH. So the second one, uh, it's not even related to cryptocurrency at all, but I couldn't, couldn't let this one go. It's from the Wall Street Journal. Spotify takes down Neil Young's music after his Joe Rogan ultimatum. So 
Folk Rockstar had over 6 million monthly listeners on the service, which he blames for spreading fake information about the vaccines, right? So obviously for the sake of YouTube, I don't really want to go all too deep on the whole coronavirus angle, but it is essentially this story where Joe Rogan has obviously been discussing that on his podcast uh, and, you know, having very reasonable discussion. Anybody can go and listen and decide for themselves. And some people who disagree or just hate Joe Rogan have decided that this just cannot stand. People are not allowed to have a podcast of two and a half hours of reasonable discussion. Uh, And so Neil Young decided he would lead the charge by announcing to Spotify, giving them an ultimatum, either you take my music off your platform or uh, you take down the Joe Rogan platform. Like you have to pick, you know, he got his lawyers and whatever, just you know take down my music unless you'll take down joe rogan and so spotify of course looked at it and thought okay well you've got six million monthly listeners on the service joe rogan gets 11 million or more per episode (laughs) and we paid him a hundred million dollars to go exclusively on our service (laughs) so i'm sorry neil young like maybe if you were a a, a bigger hitter maybe if it was i saw somebody saying like oh, taylor swift should get involved she should do the same thing like, well hey maybe she doesn't feel any need to de-platform herself or be out hating on joe rogan but even if you set that aside it's just like there's always a bigger fish right and neil young just hasn't realized that joe is a much much bigger <laughs> fish than him and it kind of comes in this context of youtube sort of uh banning clips of joe rogan and you know different uh media outlets like refusing to give coverage to this story or to you know putting up edited clips and things like that and it is just and the moment we're just in this big uh, war of uh information you know and censorship uh, both inside cryptocurrency as we saw but in the broader world uh overall and yeah i just thought this was a this was a classic neil young just hoisting himself on his own uh sword here Strange times, isn't it? Why? Where did? When did we get to this stage where in the world where people can't just allow somebody to have a conversation with anybody? Like it doesn't matter. It might be the most hateful person on in the world, but but allow that that conversation to happen so that people can see that co- those conversations happening. I mean, Joe Rogan's the furthest away from from being a hateful person and, and that sort of thing. But but even the the people who are really bad. Like, let them have their let them have their platform. Let them say what they want to say. It's like I always say that if you're walking through the jungle, you want to see the tiger that's that's stalking you. You want to you want to see you you don't. The worst thing is to have hateful people or people who are dangerous and you not know what they're thinking. You want to know what they're thinking. So I don't get this. So it can't be for that. So it can't, the reality can't is that it can't be because you're worried about them being dangerous in this context it's because you're worried that they're going to shine a spotlight on what you're doing and people are going to kind of realize that, that what your game is and, and what you're trying to do. So yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird, isn't it? It's very strange because it does feel very, I don't know if I can say it's on, on, uh, on here, but it does feel very yeah. CCP, doesn't it? Yeah. Very Chinese communist party. It, it does yeah. feel like that kind of, um, yeah. So um but it just feels like it's spread around the world. Maybe they've looked at that and said, actually, this is a better way to run things. If we just kind of, we control the narrative kind of, it's it's difficult to see. And with censorship as well, like a lot of people just uh, who don't understand, you know, uh, sort of the full ramifications or maybe they're less 
uh, sort of, you know, free speech kind of uh, oriented as the three of us, you know, might be in this, you know, particular discussion. But what you need to consider is that it's not, it's not really about uh, Joe Rogan in the specific case, because if you set the precedent, as many places are starting to do, that, you know, if some, you know, information is to be destroyed or to be not allowed to be promulgated or, you know, whatever, then inevitably that's going to spread onto other things. And then it also creates an atmosphere of fear in the minds of people who might want to speak up when they see, you know, something going wrong, when they have an important message or, or whatever, if they want to spread that message, if it's like, oh, I know that I'm going to be the first one that the hammer comes down onto, it, you know, it is a bit of a self-reinforcing uh, cycle, which is very, you know, obvious, I would think. Mm-hmm. But apparently some people disagree that in a, you know, a healthy, free society, you need to have uh, free speech. And it's just, uh, it just kind of ties in a lot to the, um, to the whole cryptocurrency narrative, because that was the, the point of uh, Bitcoin fundamentally is censorship free money. Nobody is in charge. Nobody can ban or stop or take anyone off Bitcoin. You just, you just cannot fundamentally do it. And in the last, incredibly it's worked as well too. Like in the last 13 years, nobody's found a way to stop anybody else really getting any uh, Bitcoin. I mean, there's been suggestions and, you know, stuff about, oh, there was concerns about like blacklisting coins for a while and different services, you know, not accepting some coins that had been provably used in hacks or like all different stuff like that, right? But it in at the end of the day, especially in BCH, uh, but in crypto overall, there's just too many coins. There's too many ways to swap coins onto other coins, or mix them around, move them onto a different chain, trade them peer to peer, like, cash or whatever that uh it just hasn't it just hasn't happened and it's a leading the charge increasingly i would say the whole cryptocurrency scene as the beacon of like you know free speech and uh like we're talking about before kind of grassroots bottom up uh you know uh culture Mm. yeah all right so we got the next one here uh meme of the week three comes from Naib Bukele. So this is a this is a bit of a, a weird one, but I wanted to mix it in here. This this guy's so, a new a new content creator, right? Is this is the I can see he's wearing his his cap backwards and his <laughs> his shades and who is this guy? <laughs> top 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 influencer. Uh, yeah. This is uh you people know. who don't know yeah this is the the uh president slash as he calls himself the CEO of uh el salvador which is a very interesting thing that he's uh you know branding himself as because i guess while he thinks it kind of makes him hip and cool like as if he was you know jack dorsey or like elon musk you know uh it's it's kind of a weird you know i'm sure this is not exactly the right term but it's almost like a stolen valor kind of thing because the point of being a president of a country is that you were elected, right? The sort of the status and stuff associated with it comes from, you know, the people generally or the political system of your country came to the conclusion that you could kind of be in charge for a limited amount of time, you know, uh, whatever. But being a CEO and a, a CEO and a president are very, very different because a CEO has a lot, well, particularly in the case of, of, um, you know, uh, somebody like Elon Musk or, or whatever, 
uh, a CEO can have a lot more control, right? They're a lot more in charge to just, okay, we're doing this. And then that's what everybody's got to, you know, do it the way I want to do it. But the balancing uh, factor, the reason you have so much more control is because you built it all yourself. You know, if you're the president, you're coming in, the country's already doing whatever it's doing and you kind of get uh, not really undeservedly, but you get put in charge of a lot of stuff that you had nothing to do with, with creating and being a CEO, uh, especially if you found a company um, or you're, you know, heavily involved in the early days or whatever, then you're in charge and you are, do just get to be in charge because either you or the people who originally were in charge have decided, fine, it's all, all the power is kind of in your hands, right? So anyway, Nayib Bukele is the president slash CEO of El Salvador with his authoritarian regime. He, was, he also loves a bit of Twitter uh, shitposting. So he said, most people go in when the price is up, but the safest and most profitable moment to buy is when the price is down. It's not rocket science, shrugging emoji. So invest a piece of your McDonald's paycheck in Bitcoin. Now go back to flip more burgers, you lazy fuck, which he is spelt with a V instead of a U and a C with, what's the name of this? It's called a Cyril or a, I don't, can't remember what the name of it is, but the little uh, dot kind of thing that uh, French people sometimes put on the bottom of a, a C. I can't remember the uh, specific name for it. But anyway, he's put that on the C. So it's almost like this weird, you know, I don't know why he didn't just type fuck. He put a, a bit of weird semi-self-censorship kind of going on. Well, I, think, I think it's a little bit because of uh, Twitter censors, isn't it? If people start reporting his, <laughs> reporting his tweet. I don't oh, know if really? he's just trying to get around that. I don't know. Okay, well, I guess maybe as far as I know, you can just swear on Twitter like it's no problem. But maybe I guess he's got enough reach that 20,000 people would uh, yeah, report it to Twitter and it would become a problem for him. I don't know. But it's just this, uh, you know, so this is in the, in the vein of uh, the price crashing off a little bit uh, recently. And Nayib Bukele, who is somehow in this position where he's tweeting live on Twitter regularly about, oh, I just bought some Bitcoin or hey guys, I just took a bunch of my country's money and put it into Bitcoin. Like, or I'm just, he's like tweeted, you know, it's like him, you know, in his bedroom or whatever, like, oh, just bought 20 mil of Bitcoin. Like, thanks people of El Salvador. I love speculating in the crypto casino with all the crypto bros, <laughs> you know, it's this most ridiculous uh, situation. And in this case, he's kind of, uh, it's, it's a bit of a two-way stab because the, the, the crypto critic angle is often like, haha, when the price of cryptos goes down, ha you're all, you know, worthless now. And you should all go, you know, work at McDonald's to make back your money, which is kind of, you know, playing off the people who, oh, I lost all my money, blah, blah, all that bear market stuff we talked about last week. But of course, like all jokes do, it has come a bit full circle where the crypto people themselves, as the price is going down, will be like posting up like, oh, I'm off to get my job at McDonald's and like <laughs> whatever, you know. And there's actually one of the best ones so far, I got to say, has been from Michael Saylor, who posted a picture. He did actually work at McDonald's in the early 90s. And he has a photo of him in his like McDonald's manager <laughs> outfit. <laughs> and I didn't realize that it. was a real thing. I yeah, saw the picture, but I thought I didn't know. I thought it was a Photoshop. Like Photoshop. Or... No, I think yeah. it's real, you know. And yeah. and so that was just like that was that was the biggest, you know, clap back. Like for all Michael Saylor's faults, you got to give him props on that one. That was a that was that was a good one. And, and so yeah, this kind of oh, just buy into you know Bitcoin with your money and 
be burger flipping. And it's just such a weird contrast because Naya Bukele doesn't need to be out flipping burgers. He's probably never flipped you know burgers in his life right whereas somebody like michael saylor or maybe like elon musk or probably conceivably at one point in their life that's where they were and they do so then if they have made it up out of that situation they can sort of there can be a bit of uh you know self-referential like humor in there but naive bukele has not been in that situation i don't not as far as i know so it's kind of weird that he would be like ha i'm one of the cool kids making all these jokes about mcdonald's not really understanding that a lot of people are in a rough situation and that's their last resort and you know you can kind of make fun of it if you've uh, been there or if you're a more positive person but when you're you know autocratically in charge and it's kind of a bit different you know see that, that's one of the things that makes me wonder is is he is he under direction from from other people because he's that's who he's talking to he's not talking to the people of el salvador he's talking to, to the to the bitcoin kind of btc community as a whole but also i do believe that there's there's some involvement from the the global elite that are, are trying trying a little experiment there but i just think at a standpoint as a president it's just at such a bizarre kind of position to take and as you say talking to your people who are supposed supposedly elected you democratically and saying i'm using your tax money to go and, as you say, go and bet on whether speculate that Bitcoin's going to go up, and and it's just a strange thing because if I'm if I'm in El Salvador and I've got myself a, a small restaurant business and I'm paying my tax each month, like what? I don't want to see that. I want to see you fix the roads. <laughs> I don't want to see you go and put it into into Bitcoin. It's such a bizarre thing, it really is. And then the CEO thing as well. Another point about that is, so who are, who are the employees? So the CEO gives direction to to the company and to the employees whereas the head of a state should be taking taking direction from the people and this is a role res- reversal and it's just a bizarre situation it's just really strange and it's just yeah i just find it so interesting that he obviously clearly he wants to be one of the cool kids and yeah like yeah like elon musk or even like any of the bitcoiners like michael saylor or like you know who, whoever else uh who who is kind of making those those it's almost like he sort of wishes that he had been you know born some somebody else and he and that he had then made it up to that situation like maybe there's an element to his psychology of like oh you know i didn't deserve this right like i didn't i didn't actually earn it and he kind of on some level knows that but i one thing i also wanted to mention uh on this on this point too, one of the reasons I put it on was because the cracks are starting to emerge a little bit within the BTC scene themselves. I was listening to one of uh, Peter McCormack's uh, podcasts uh, recently. He does regular ones with Lynn Alden. I, despite how much I think Peter McCormack is wrong about a lot of things in Bitcoin, that's something I recommend uh, people check out is the podcast he does with Lynn Alden. She does great sort of macroeconomic uh, kind of, focus which is ironic because they missed the whole bottom-up uh, aspect of bitcoin but uh he was talking about uh he he's had like a five-minute segment or something where i've never heard him say anything like this before because he's been cheerleading on this whole el salvador thing the whole time even to the point of getting involved with mark falzon and saying you're you know incorrect like look here's we're spending bitcoin everywhere and mark's like no i'm actually there and no i'm not and there's protests and they you know they've had their own uh, back and forth but he was he started to say like 
I've I'm starting to wonder about this whole El Salvador thing. You know, we uh, maybe I should have got the clip so that we could put it up. But he was he was saying like, oh yeah, the you know the more I think about it, and he's on Twitter and he's talking to us about going back to McDonald's, and you know he really wants to be one of us, and I love that you know he's kind of part of the community. Jokes in that way, but also there's been some problems in his country. And what if this whole Bitcoin thing doesn't work out? Those doubts were sort of starting to, to, to creep in a little bit to the, to the BDC community, you know? So they have, they have, they are, and they have constantly um, sort of making their beds. And then when they end up lying in it, maybe initially it all seems like fun and games, but as time ticks on, you know, if you have cracks in your system, especially in a decentralized system, those are going to come back to bite, you know? I mean, El Salvador is a, a real kind of, again, um, a real, a real, I can't think of a different word, but a real grassroots country. The people there are real salt of the earth. They, they grind every day for their bread and everything else. So when that, if, and when that does collapse, it's going to, it's going to collapse spectacularly. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not averse to, to revolution and there's been revolutions there in, in recent times. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous game for him to play. Um, and is it going to lead to suffering for people there eventually? Um, I mean, will he do crap? I mean, he, he went into, his, uh, in, into the, his parliament building, didn't he, with armed guards and, um, and kind of forced through some legislation or something at the end of at the point of a gun. Um, so what else is he kind of open to doing? So it's uh, it's something it, it, it's concerning on a, on a human level. It's very it's very concerning. Um, yeah. But but I think if you another point to make is if you compare him to some of the other leaders, leaders there's very si- similar leaders on a world stage now. If you go to Trudeau, uh, Macron in in France, um, who's the the woman in New Zealand, uh, Adern. If you look at all of these, they're, they're almost like um, kind of actors they're they're very flamboyant very charming very they like to play the game they like to use the buzzwords so On it's almost note, like they've been trudeau, yeah, yeah. trudeau was a drama teacher like yeah before, exactly right like yeah, that definitely yeah. fits yeah yeah so i mean is that what it is 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 that is that the thing though are they being put in place because they've got this particular skill of talking to the camera and uh or, or posting on twitter in the case of of this guy so it's uh yeah, we're living in a kind of unprecedented times at the moment. Yeah, and I think, yeah, just one final point to wrap this all up is, yeah, when there is some sort of collapse and problems with BDC or, you know, a bunch of people get basically scammed by their own government, whatever, I think it's just going to play into the, it's just going to sharpen the divide here, which is people who want to hate on crypto, that will be a great excuse for like, look at how much of a disaster it was. Uh, but at the same time, the people who hopefully are listening to this show or listen, you know, have their understand what's going on. will need to understand you know, that the, the problem was because it was implemented in a top down way, which is the whole anti point of crypto. Uh, and if it had been done in a bottom up way, there would, if every single El Salvadorian was holding their own private keys, the situation would be incredibly different to how it is at the moment where they can all end up scammed. So anyway, we'll see how that all, uh, works out but that that's just uh that's that's something i can see on the horizon definitely okay so we got meme of the week four this one comes from at naomi math naomi matthew on 
uh, Twitter, who I do recommend to anybody in the uh, Bitcoin Cash uh, scene. She's kind of a very uh, unique sort of libertarian uh, takes. She's got she, her following's actually been building up quite a lot. I didn't realize she used to have a much smaller account, but I think she now has like fourteen thousand followers or or something like that. But uh, anyway, she posts a lot of this stuff that's in the sort of libertarian uh anarchist uh, type of uh vibe against the government i think she lives in texas um but yeah you know a lot of her content's uh, pretty pretty great so people can check that out uh if they're interested but in this case uh the tweet is it comes from disclose.tv january the 27th they said justin biden admin is preparing executive action to regulate digital assets such as bitcoin as a matter of national security, Barron's reports. And she's quote tweeted that with the simple rebuttal of fuck off. And when I saw this, I had to include this in this show this week because when you're browsing Twitter, you're like, oh, sometimes that's funny. But this one, I actually just laughed out loud. I, I thought this was hilarious. And it, it just sums up a lot of it, which is that crypto is now big enough that it's really, really unignorable, right? It's the Joe Biden and his administration are sort of starting to say something about crypto. We did just have a whole round of battles in the US uh, parliament and stuff over these crypto regulations, but apparently that wasn't enough because now they're back in action with some executive actions to try and push things in one direction or another. But really the point is that crypto just marks marches on. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't care. I mean, whatever the US government is doing. And obviously that does trickle out to all the different merchants and individuals and, you know, in various things. But St. Kitts is not going to care what's going on in um, in the US. And while the US, you can also say, might be setting the standard or whatever for other uh, countries around the world, there's also a certain extent that they're not, that whatever they do, some countries just aren't going to care. And a lot of people at the grassroots level are not going to care in reality you know, what they care about more is the fees and other, you know, usability and the brand and other stuff that we've already talked about, right? So that was all kind of going on. And then her response, I thought was just pitch perfect because crypto never, never wanted the government to be involved. I mean, they're finding their way into it because it's getting too big to ignore and the economic incentives draw everyone in, including the government eventually. But if, you know, we had it the, the crypto way, the way it started was, we're just going to do it our own way and like, screw you guys. And that all ended. Well, it didn't end, but that famously led up to Mount Gox being a huge disaster and everybody laughing. Ha this is what happens when you don't have the government involved and consumers aren't protected and whatever, but the free market did somewhat fix that problem. It came up with a lot more solutions. Bitcoin community didn't die. The Bitcoin blockchain didn't stop everything, you know, kept kind of, it's like, I always think of like crashing through. It's like some kind of a rhino that is just plowing through like wall after wall after wall. There's a lot of rubble that gets left along the way. But on the other hand, it just keeps moving forward and it doesn't care. And so, uh, of course, the government's going to get involved. But the only reason they're getting involved now is because it's it's succeeding. Uh, once left on it to its own devices, it just gets better and better and better. I mean, there's a lot of collateral damage, but it does work. So, I think she's, yeah, she's just kind of hit the nail on the head there that the best thing they could do from our point of view is just go away. Of course, from their point of view, they're not going to do that. Uh, And it's really just a question of how bad the imposition uh, ends up being. But 
you know that that that's really it like it's it's like it's like a kid with a toy or something like that it's like we had the toy and nobody wanted it but then our toy was awesome and suddenly all the other kids want to come and play with our toy even though you know before it was cool they didn't care so i yeah i it just it made me laugh it was perfect i mean it the thing is, is it, it, it is just, it's just perfect. You just brushed it up. What I like as well is he's just brushing off the, the concept that that could even be a thing. It's just, yeah, fuck off. It's just, that's it. Like, that's not even, it's not even a consideration. Um, but from the, from kind of the, the global banking cartels point of view, they can't allow for crypto to happen now because once it does happen, it means the end of their financial system and the end of their financial system means the end of governance as they have, have always controlled it. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting what happens moving forward. Um, I, I, I like, because I do think they'll try everything to, 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 to kind of ruin. And that brings on the, brings us on to bit, uh, Bitcoin itself and, and the, the shackles that have been placed on Bitcoin. I think I'm sure that the global banking uh, cartel have, have done that or had a hand in that. But so I like to play with the idea of uh, what would I do if I was the global banking system? What would I do? What, how would I? So, so I like to approach it from the, the reverse almost. How would I stop crypto? And, and so, I mean, I don't know what you think how that would happen, but some of the areas that I've thought about is maybe that's what these digital social credit passports were, were all about that, that they've tried to bring in that seems to hopefully be kind of collapsing a little bit now. Um, or, or could it be something else where they will try and control people's mobile devices? Will they try and control internet access via providers? Will they regulate uh, central centralized exchanges? Where will they try and throttle that, that freedom? I mean, I don't know what your, your thoughts are. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things, I think, and one of the things that people truly, truly under undervalue, not hardcore uh, Bitcoin Cash community, but almost everyone else, including most of the crypto scene, is how unbelievably resilient Bitcoin is. Like Satoshi just had every angle covered pretty much. Like, okay, it hasn't taken over the world yet, but it's still putting up a bloody good, like, fight and uh you know the most vulnerable point was at the smallest points right as time goes on it actually grows in strength rather than it it doesn't right but just every aspect was just tuned up for like this has to fly in the face of all adversity literally against untold trillions of dollars of banking wealth you know centuries of human organization and capital and government regulations and all of that stuff it had to, it had to just fly the first time you know i i mean uh, i sort of think of it as it's kind of like if elon musk said we're going to the moon and then his first rock oh, we're going to mars and then his first rocket did that was it he had one rocket launch you know he didn't fuck up five times and then get one that was in orbit and then one that was halfway there and blah blah, blah. like satoshi had one shot and like pretty much nailed it right uh got it right so that everything about the the system uh works the limited you know supply the halving rate uh the way that that encourages people to bootstrap into an economy and the way that draws more people in and draws more people in and draws more people in and the way that printing fiat is not an answer because the more you devalue your fiat just the better it makes 
uh, Bitcoin and the way that, you know, government uh, individuals are incentivized to be involved, just like non-government individuals are incentivized to be involved. And even just the fact that, you know, that it was open source. So everything is just completely transparent, which makes it trustworthy. And then the, the fact that it could be forked, the code could be forked, because as we've seen, if that hadn't been in there or that wasn't an inherent property of the system, uh, that also would have been a problem. So it makes me think back to when I first read about Bitcoin uh, in 2013, when I read the white paper, um, I, I was pretty much like, wow, this is just going to take over. But the I did spend part of the next couple of days very, very carefully. And I think a lot of people who were in Bitcoin at that time also did the same thing. I think now it's not really it wouldn't occur to people as much. But if you were getting involved at that time when this was kind of off the radar, it was pretty hardcore. There was no law about it. It was like, uh, I've seen Mark Lamb talk about this kind of vibe that like we could all just go to jail. <laughs> uh, I I wasn't particularly as worried uh, about that, but there was sort of an element to it. Uh, you know, there was no, no clarity around the tax situation, like all kinds of stuff, right? It was sort of conceivably, even by that point, it was probably too big for the government to attack it via like mining attacks uh, and stuff like that's another incredible part to it is that the mining industry got built up and flourished before anybody could do anything about it uh, and the economic incentives. But anyway, so I spent a couple of days thinking what, what, what is, what is the counterattack? What could take this out? And I concluded that there was nothing, but the, uh, the only reason I concluded that was because it was an open source code base and because, I figured if they figured out a way to stop Bitcoin in some way that somebody would just fork the code and make it a different, more resilient uh, version. And in the end, that's, that's proven that's what's needed to happen because Bitcoin was just dominating right up until uh, the whole BTC, BCH fork. And uh, after that happened, that was when the market is now decentralized into all these currencies. Now it is pretty much like there's no stopping it because there will be some coin somewhere that will that will come up with the the answer uh and they all copy off each other as well so it's like uh mutating genetics you know as soon as one of them figures out something any of the others that it's proven success will will start uh adopting it so i think yeah i think uh, yeah like a social uh, uh like a globally coordinated government ban could have done it now it's too late uh, but in the early days, something like that could have done it. Although even then, the Streisand effect would have just helped it kick off harder, uh, probably. But I think, yeah, the the final resilience of of cryptocurrency is is just the fact that it's uh, open source. That that was the I just yeah I I knew back then I was like that that's the saving grace. I hope it doesn't come down to that, but that that is the nuclear option. Uh, that is the impenetrable shield and and that's ended up being what happened obviously i also think yeah the it seems like the whole fork the censorship the block size war all of that 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 was what was decided is this is how we're going to attack it right there was the there was a lot of smear campaigns around drugs and you know whatever that didn't really that that wasn't really that helpful actually that just amplified it uh spread it about a bit and i'm sure that some of that was malicious and a lot of it was just um you know, incidental, it wasn't all kind of like planned or directed, but yeah, it was definitely the the social attack capture of our Bitcoin, which was where, you know, 80, 90% of the discussion was happening at that time. Uh, 
and yeah, BCH survived. So we're still we're still here and we're we're still fighting. Thank God for open source. I yeah. really think, yeah, I really think that we need more of this fuck off attitude. Like we don't need to worry about what the regulators are doing because what in the hell can they do short of sending their armed men like to throw you into a cage? And if they do that on mass, they're burying their own or like they're digging their own grave. So I think she gets it. I'm actually super curious what coins she's into because I quickly went and checked out her tweets and she directly says reminder to stop paying taxes and then she retweeted another one like four hours ago it's like i don't know what the the thing was like the hottest thing a man can do is xyz and she retweeted it with no it's stop paying taxes so like when i see someone with that we need to starve the state attitude i think they're like we need more vocal like yeah fuck off we're not working with you we don't negotiate with terrorists yeah, that's exactly what I think. And I think that that that's something also that that has been, you know, it's a cultural uh, split, you know, uh, yet again between the BDC and the BCH uh, side, because in the early days of Bitcoin, I would say that the majority of people were, were like this. They understood that the strength of Bitcoin is not compromising, right? Is it where, you know, when you've got when you've got pocket aces, you should go all in and you shouldn't mess about if you're messing about it you're not playing your hand right right you've got to get all the money in and just play to win right when you've got a winning hand but the bdc community maybe some elements of them or uh certainly the ones who came in later did not understand that and they still don't understand that and that's why well that was the whole point of the the fork really was that the bch side was like no we have to preserve the ability that we're not gonna we're not gonna negotiate we're just gonna do it our way and the bdc side it's even in the intro that's why there is that uh clip from the kim.com debate where um uh the bdc maxi guy says oh and then bitcoin cash is more of a threat to the us dollar than bitcoin is and that's that he says that and he he thinks he's saying that makes bitcoin better because they've just spent 20 minutes arguing about how oh okay well you know we've co-opted the banks they're on our side now they're going to invest all their money and then they're going to help you know protect us against the regulators and like all this other this is complete garbage when the exactly the opposite is true like bitcoin just needs to just not care about anything and bitcoin needs to be bitcoin and if it just can focus on that mission it can just bulldoze through through anything the way it gets you know distracted or weighed down or death by a thousand cuts is is all this extraneous kind of uh, stuff so yeah the bitcoin cash community and people listen to this podcast like just just block out doubters haters you know <laughs> regulators fear of the government and you know getting involved or whatever you just gotta you just gotta power forward like that's the whole point of decentralization right if we've got enough people doing that it will be overwhelming and that's kind of that's the point it is starting to to get to right so the the admins coming in to regulate it at the point where it's already at the strongest it's ever been you know i think they're just they're just definitely too late if they ever uh had a chance really so it's the All same right. it, it's kind yeah, of ju- yeah just sorry just one last point it's it's again it's it's a it's a western uh mindset of being served up um a fantasy so watching netflix all day or whatever people do it's been served up a fantasy instead of going out and and living your life too many people now sit 
and watch TV and imagine that, that that's them or um, live, live out this fantasy. And it's the same with, with, with Bitcoin now is the fantasy is, is that you're going to get rich. So that's why people push it, even if they're just getting into it now and, 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 and it's not going to make them incredibly wealthy now. It's just that fantasy. So it's, it's, they're all fantasies that are being served up rather than wanting to be free of the state, free of coercion, free of all of these. It's a, it's, that's the liberty mindset. And, and it's trying to, I guess it's trying to educate people uh, to that mindset that, that the state isn't the, it isn't the be all and end all for, for how you live your life. So. Yeah. I saw a, again, another, I didn't even watch this full episode, but I saw a little bit of um, uh, what's the name? Peter McCormick talking to Balaji Srinivasan and uh, Glenn Greenwald uh, who are both great. I, I think both of those guys, they're doing like great stuff in the world, but uh, Glenn Greenwald sort of makes this point like, Oh, I, now I know about Bitcoin and stuff, but I wasn't involved in Bitcoin for a long time because I think a lot of people were put off that it was really libertarian and really, you know, doing its own thing. And a lot of people couldn't really tolerate that. And so they weren't involved or they didn't like it. And, you know, now it's sort of becoming a bit more mainstream stuff. And like that, that was the exact opposite of the way it should be going. Right. The point is that it, it is, it, it is libertarian. It is an anarcho-capitalist, you know, it, it doesn't give you a choice. You, you're going to be involved now. Or you're going to be involved later. If you don't like it, you're just going to have to learn those lessons like that. And that's, yeah. Like I said, that's just Bitcoin cash has pocket aces. It just needs to go all in. Like if, if anybody doesn't get it, you're gonna ha- you're gonna learn to love it, right? That's the way. That's the way uh, crypto always is. You don't like it now, well, you're gonna learn to love it because everybody else is, and you're gonna be the last one to the party if if you don't. And I think that's that attitude. Well, it's got us this far, but it's also gonna create a lot of change in the world because uh, people who don't see the world that way, they're just confronted with the reality that you know. I mean, you, you can just watch your money keep bleeding away to nothing if you don't want to be involved. I mean, that's that's only going to be you eventually that has to click. Wait, what am I doing wrong here? How is everyone else getting ahead? All right, last meme of the week uh, of our series of five. So this one is the Canadian Gadsden flag. I put this on firstly because I wanted to uh, mention the Canadian truckers and everything like that. But we've also had the uh, Gadsden flag on this show before. We, you know, it's the famous. Uh, well, I guess it's fairly famous, but it's the uh, yellow and black uh, flag of the American Civil War, right? Where with the snake on it, that's kind of like rearing up and the text underneath is don't tread on me. And it's just kind of like, look, you know, it's the anti, you know, anti-government kind of sentiment and just sort of like, not like I'm going to attack you, but if you come and fuck with me, I'm going to fuck with you back. And that's exactly how uh, snakes are. You know, that's a uh, pro tip if you're in the Australian outback stomp because you want the snake to know you're there you don't want to come on the snake when it doesn't know you're there that's when you're in trouble but if the snake knows you're there it'll be long gone before you have any uh problems with it so anyway survival advice to everyone but they had that uh that was the that was the um the that was the original like uh flag and then as part of this big you know canadian uh truckers kind of grassroots uh protesting and stuff like this i saw somebody had this uh, flag which they've got on the back of their truck and it's got the it's the yellow color so it's obviously the same you know play on the same thing but it's like a goose i, I guess i don't know if there's a specific kind of uh canadian yeah there's a it's a Can- uh, canada goose it is oh, yeah okay. it's like yeah. a national bird yeah so oh, we national bird. we also um 
We also call them Cobra Chickens. That's their other Cobra name. Chickens. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes it even better. Then that was a layer of uh, you know reference that I hadn't uh, hadn't caught, and the the text instead of "Don't tread on me," which is obviously a bit bit threatening, is uh, "Please leave me alone." <laughs> That's a bit more a bit more polite in the famous uh, you know Canadian attitude of really saying uh, "Please" and "Sorry" uh, a bunch. So yeah, just seeing this just. It just made me laugh, you know, the way that uh, there's so many good angles to this. Firstly, obviously, it's a very accurate uh, transposition. There's kind of a cultural joke to it. There's also just a meta political commentary of the fact that this attitude, which is, you know, rising in the US uh, as a result of, you know, the situation the world is in, is now maybe leaking into other you know, countries where Canadians maybe would be a bit uh, less kind of yeah, freedom and whatever, you know, maybe now that's, that's starting to seep into, into that culture because of the way the world is moving. Yeah. I just thought, you know, the Canadian truckers thing has just been uh, tying back into the censorship uh, angles that I was talking about before, how that's now blowing up and is starting to be a big story, but it's not kind of by choice, uh, you know, that the large media are starting to report on it. They did keep it. They didn't, they weren't reporting on it when it was like, it's starting or even when like, holy shit, this is kicking off. It took another, you know, three days before the reports started to kind of come out. So my wild speculation for this is they needed those three days to prepare their uh, infiltrators. (laughs) This this is, they're going to turn this into Canadians January 6th, which is ridiculous, right? No one's trying to overthrow anything. We're trying to be left the fuck alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there will be, I mean, there's already, yeah, you know, there's already like people who you can see these posts on Twitter or whatever who are like, look at who is this one guy with a really hateful like slogan or a, you know, Nazi flag or something. It's him and one other guy who was there taking a picture of just him and nothing else. And then they're gone again. Like, what, and we got a picture of him taking that picture. Like, what is going on here? You know, um, undoubtedly that uh, that kind of uh, stuff is going to start surfacing as well, too. So look forward to that. <laughs> the narrative, <laughs> the narrative uh, shift that will undoubtedly uh, start. But reps out to all the Canadian truckers and everybody uh, genuinely and honestly involved in that. Absolutely amazing to see. Right. So last slide then. Message to the community like it says here open platform to speak to the bitcoin cash community any thoughts advice feedback criticism encouragement story point of view anything you feel should be more prominent or appreciated what does the bitcoin cash community need to hear well i just think um or my question would be is there another community other than bitcoin cash that gives the freedom tools that Bitcoin Cash does to to real grassroots people around the world, and I, I don't I don't know there is another project that does that 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 welcomes in when you look across social media and you see people in South Sudan, like you can see that they're they're beaming with with happiness that that they've been given this this amazing tool that is making their lives better, and I just it, it's things like that that gives me real hope that that Bitcoin cash can, can genuinely change the world. It's, it's really, it's really beautiful to see because it's not, it's, it's not influencers on, on Twitter or on YouTube. It, it's real people. It's like that guy who was, who, uh, 
who posted, I think he posted on uh, read.cash on Twitter that there was, I think it was Nigeria maybe, where there was a fire and he, he's, he'd got a big water tanker with a big Bitcoin cash sticker slapped on the side or on the back or whatever. Um, and the, the local fire department didn't, didn't come to the, the call of the people who were saying these buildings are on fire. And him and his, his uh, guys went out there in, with their water tanker and put the fire out kind of putting themselves at risk and uh, and 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 putting them through kind of through that ringer and everything else but i mean how amazing is that that these people are finding a finding a place in a community that that's that's giving them purpose and and making them do amazing things really so um it really does this is why i love bitcoin cash so much and this is why i'm all in personally on bitcoin cash and um and i'm i'm sure that it's going to um, reach some some real heights of um, of freedom, really, for people. It's just it's it's beautiful to see all the time. It's really really nice. Yeah, this is the revolution. I agree with you. I mean, one yeah, I love a lot of things about uh, Bitcoin Cash, but one of the most important parts is just the resilience of the community. That's that's where I think yeah, the critical element comes from. There definitely are other communities that are trying to kind of uh get on a similar line like dash we recently had uh joel valenzuela on uh he's kind of you know a lot in that similar mindset the sort of monero community uh all that kind of stuff right but bitcoin cash has copped a lot of flack and it's still here and it's still fighting and it's still very grassroots and that's why to me if i thought there was another project you know that um that could use my help better i would go and do it but I don't think it exists. And I think people can, yeah, look around and decide for themselves as to like, to me, the network effect is critical. And therefore you need to find the coin that has the best shot of getting to everyone in the world and just all in on that. That's, that's how I operate. Uh, and I think more and more people are starting to clue into that on the, you know, for BCH, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think people talk about brand and I'm not a big brand guy. I'm, I think that people, who, if you're in Venezuela and you're in a tiny village that's doing a little bit of local transacting with Bitcoin cash, I don't think brand's a massive, uh, a massive advantage to you. But, but, but with the brand of, of when you're going to new places that haven't used kind of any cryptocurrency at all to have Bitcoin, people say maybe it doesn't need Bitcoin in the name, but maybe that Bitcoin in the name and cash two things that they will be familiar with or they will have heard of gives them versus dash for example gives them that confidence that oh i've heard of that before whereas if it's something completely new dash or or whatever then then there's that uncertainty still so bitcoin does have a name that that lends itself to confidence i guess with bitcoin cash yeah i agree i think uh i have on my uh site you know bitcoin-podcast.com slash the faqs and if you have a look in there there's a one of the it's one of the most uh read articles is about will bitcoin cash rebrand right and the answer is no because a lot of people they have this oh, but bitcoin cash it sounds like the knockoff bitcoin and whatever but i disagree with that i love the branding i think it's perfect it's second only to having the actual bitcoin branding which we'll be able to get back once we flipping them and uh, get them out of the way. But in the meantime, that is the second best possible branding that, that I think we could have. And the reason is like you're saying about, <laughs> about cash, but for me also, uh, so people who don't know anything about it, they have, yeah, that element of Bitcoin and trust and people say, oh, well, it's confusing. It is confusing, but that means you have to explain and that people learn and they understand uh, properly. And when they do, 
the funny thing is they'll they'll trust Bitcoin Cash more than you know, yeah, some other coin because they've never even heard of that other coin. So you're starting from scratch with Bitcoin Cash. You can say, well, you know about Bitcoin, and it's blah blah blah, and you go on from there, right? But the other thing that I think so many people completely misunderstand about uh bitcoin cash is i think it's got the worst brand which is that it's bitcoin but not as good and that's true until bitcoin cash starts to rise up which is slowly building momentum for and then once it does that if it starts uh, rising it goes from bitcoin but not as good to super bitcoin it goes to this is the unkillable unstoppable the most hardcore never ever 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 going to give up bitcoin because the bdc community they they never got tested in that way. They were never you know put irons to the fire kind of kind of situation. But the BCH community has been through that, and everybody knows that there's been so you know everybody knows there's been years and years of oh you're a scam, you're a knockoff. Who knows who you are? You don't have the brand. There's no network effect. La 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 la. All that hatred pouring onto Bitcoin Cash, uh, even to people who don't know anything else about. It. They just think yeah okay screw this like crappy coin. If it starts rising up, if it starts ranking up on coin market cap and it gets in the top, you know, eight or seven or whatever, all those words are going to be ringing in people's ears. What the hell is this coin? Like everybody hates it. You know, everybody, all the, you know, it was all negative and all everybody was like, and here it is still just crushing. And then once people start looking into it, they're like, holy crap, this is the truth. So uh, yeah, the opposite, the, you get both sides of it. You get the, Bitcoin is the fake Bitcoin initially, but that gives you the Bitcoin is the ultimate Bitcoin uh, in reverse. You can't have one without the other. And uh, yeah, I think that's so undervalued. Of course, we've seen no payoff for that. This is all going to happen in the future once the momentum uh, starts. But I think with the smart BCH and you know everything I cover on this show, I can see that uh, drawing ever closer. I have a slogan for the community that I would love to see propagate just smacked me in the noggin bitcoin will be cash <laughs> i love it it'll yeah, get the maxi so angry <laughs> we can slap that everywhere i actually love the bcash name to be honest like because it's well, well what's bitcoin cash it's it'll be cash <laughs> like so I, yeah. let's go for this double entendre bitcoin will be cash Okay. All right. So we've got, I like the coin and Bitcoin will be, maybe that can now be the, yeah, the counter troll and be cash. You say Bitcoin will be cash. Yeah, I can say I personally, I actually don't like the be cash uh, thing because I think it's a classic, you know, another censorship type of thing. It's trying to obscure the history because the BDC side, they know, they know that there is so much power to that branding, to that story, to the history and that's their attempt. It has been since the fork to try and, you know, wash us out of there. Uh, and if we, I love that the community has, it's like, a, you know, it's a shelling point. It's like the Spartans or the whatever. It's the, um, it's the point, it's the last stand. It's like, we are not going to break no matter what. It, and uh, I love that element. So I think, yeah, the Bitcoin will, Bitcoin will be cash. I can, I, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we could get that in there. I like that. <laughs> bitcoin will be cash all right so yeah that's uh that'll do it for the show thanks for coming on man and uh yeah obviously we're taking uh donations uh like usual shout out to all the donators much uh much appreciated you can check out www.bitcoincashpodcast.com for the start guide if you don't know anything about crypto this is the first episode you've ever um 
you know, listen to and you want to understand what the hell all this is going on. Obviously, we're way down the rabbit hole here. Um, there's a load of links. Check out, you know, Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute. Going to have all the videos going up on there as well too. So get some of that uh, decentralization in the, in the content. There's a Telegram channel if you want to chat with me or other people that uh, watch the show about whatever. And uh, I'm going to give you know, other chance to shout, but my shout out, yeah, it's definitely to the Canadian truckers. Freaking legendary. Like you love to see it. Just every aspect of that. And also to Joe Rogan, like screw Neil Young. Like he's just crushing it, Joe. <laughs> Absolutely love it. All right. That's it for me. Uh, any uh, shout outs? Oh, where uh, can people find you? Well, I was just going to say, just shout out for, for what Mark Falzon's doing over in uh, St. Kitts. That's brilliant. Roger Vere as well um because he's been there for a while i think so um just keep doing what you're doing guys it's brill it's uh it's bringing a lot of spotlight over to to bitcoin cash and um yeah just uh if you want to come and follow me neanderthal at any any of the social medias and um yeah and it's been great thank you very much jeremy thanks jet jet final uh final shout out and thoughts this week give us a nice patriotic uh going out <laughs> message you know pressure's on Sing the I know you are, but you mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just felt like, you know, you've been like, ah, oh, man, Canada's so wrecked. Like we're going into lockdown. There's a bit of hope though, isn't there? So, right? well, yeah, I would say the hope that, and like this just happened today. I was out, we had a snowstorm, right? A actual blizzard over the past couple of days. And I was out helping, uh, you know, unbury my neighbors <laughs> and uh, no one like we are in a current lockdown and no one was wearing a mask. No one even mentioned COVID. Everyone was just shoveling and pushing cars, like helping each other. And that felt like, man, it's been years since I could experience just that, like not hearing about this miserable thing. And people were like asking like, Hey, do you need, you need somewhere to be like, I, I, my car is up there. I'll help you. And that camaraderie of like real i don't know canadian nicety like it it feels like it's been stripped away from us for like two years now where people are like oh you're seeing your friend i'm calling the cops so so yeah if if the tides are turning i will very much welcome that and i'm kind of optimistic for it um but we shall see because i I think people are still going to be grasping for power very soon yeah yeah, you can't speak too soon, but that's good. I'm just, I'm glad to, I'm glad to, glad to hear things are turning around uh, on on your front there too. So yeah, that'll do it for the show, everybody. Thanks for listening, and until next time. Well, the rich banks rob you.